today we are going to talk about Epiphany. This is the Sunday. It's called Epiphany Sunday in the tradition of the church. Epiphany Sunday is the Sunday in which you celebrate the moment when the wise men or the magi came to visit Jesus um, in the manger. Now, if you were with us for our Christmas Eve morning service, we talked a little bit about this. We actually had examples of the gold and frankincense and myrrh, real examples of frankincense and myrrh, not so real examples of gold because, you know, I guess you can figure that out. But you got to see what, what frankincense looked like and what, what myrrh looked like. But the moment of epiphany, this time of the Magi and the life of the church is, is as important as Jesus being born because the moment of the Magi recognizing Jesus is the moment, the first moment that we see the Gentiles, the non-Jewish, the non-believers in God getting word and recognizing Jesus as Lord. So when we look at Paul and Paul's work, the Apostle Paul taking the word of Jesus to the Gentiles, really he isn't the first one to do it. It was this group of magi that came and recognized that Jesus came to be Messiah and Lord. And so I'm going to read to you from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12, um, this account of the magi coming to Jesus. And then I'm going to read to you um, from Numbers, and I'm also going to read you an epiphany poem because today we're going to focus on the star. We're going to focus on the star that guided the Magi to Jesus. It was God's way of guiding the Magi. And God uses things in this world because guess what? We live in the world to guide us. And so we're going to look at how God can guide us in 2024 through a star also. So here's what Matthew 2 says. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, Thanks be to God indeed. Okay, well, I printed out the poem I wanted to read you, but I don't have it. Guess what? It's going to be on the screen, so I'll just read it from the screen. This is a poem about the Epiphany Star, not written by me. And I find it to be something... 
that I hope will guide you and guide us in our discussion and in this year. It says this, Behold the glistening sign of hope. A distant but shining star is cupped by the darkness that gently holds the future. Do we dare to feel its warming glow in these days so cold with fear? Do we dare to wonder where it leads us or choose the path we know? The holy has painted possibility across the night sky. It flickers with potential, trembles with vulnerability, shimmers with all beauty still. Come, seekers. The journey is before us. A new day is born. Isn't that beautiful? Potential, possibility, shimmers before us. And when we think about the Magi, what, we think, what I think about are people who didn't believe in God, who didn't have a relationship with God, who didn't know God, but were the most wise people of their time. We call them the three wise men. They were more likely astrologers or astronomers. Astronomers. Astrologers are the one. Yeah, astronomers who read the stars. And these astronomers would have had in-depth knowledge of where the stars were, of what stars were constant, what stars were always there. They would have known when a star showed up in the sky that was different, right? It's kind of like when you eat your mama's cooking, right? When you eat your mama's cooking or your grandmama's cooking, you know that this is mama's. You could go to a potluck and there could be five broccoli and rice casseroles, but you would know which one your mother had cooked, right? You just know its smell, you know its flavor, you know its texture because it's the same. You can count on it, it's consistent. You've been raised to understand this is what broccoli and rice casserole should be. And I say broccoli and rice casserole because Pam gave me that idea earlier today. Maybe you don't like broccoli and rice casserole. Maybe you like squash casserole. Maybe you just like casserole. If I say casserole, everybody's in in the South, right? I say casserole, you say yes. Yes, please, and thank you, right? But you know. And you know if your mother changes her recipe. You know if she tries something different. You know if she tries to sneak vegetables in when you know they don't belong in that casserole anymore, right? You know when something's different. You also know that when you try it, when you try to make it yourself, you can't make it the same. It tastes close. Some of you may think you do it better than your mama. You don't. You just don't because it's not your mama making it. So when my boy makes food, because he can cook, I know that he's doing a good job, but his mama didn't make it. You see, these astronomers, they knew from being taught, from learning, from studying, from watching the sky over and over and over again every night from a certain age into whatever age they were, they were scholars, they were perfectionists, they knew what the night sky looked like. And one night, something was different. Something was different. Now, if you're just reading the, the scripture in Matthew, you don't know why they knew that that star meant something, right? Because when you read it in Matthew, it just says they saw a star in the night sky, the star that rose in the east, and you think, well, how did they know what that meant? Right? How did they understand that that meant that Jesus, the Messiah, was coming? Now, if you have a Bible with the little, um, oh man, what are they called? Study notes. Thanks, Pam. We were just talking about it this morning. Um, if you have a Bible with study notes, you might look down there and it would tell you how they knew. 
But if you don't have that, if you're just reading it, if you're just hearing the story be told to you, you're not going to know that not only were they scholars of the sky, they were also scholars of prophecy. They were scholars who, who knew, even though they didn't believe in God, who knew the prophecies that had been spoken about God and about the Messiah that was to come. And what we know is that in Numbers 24, God tells the Israelites about a star that will come to point the way to Jesus. Let me read that to you. It says, Numbers 24, verses 17 through 19, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the people of Sheth. Edom will be conquered. Seir, his enemy, will be conquered. But Israel will grow strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the survivors of the city. Now, doesn't sound really great, right? It sounds a little... A little scary for all of those who are not Jewish. But what this prophecy means is that God was going to point the way to Jesus. God was going to indicate that the Messiah was born through a star, right? There was going to be a star in the sky. There was going to be something different that indicated that the Messiah was finally, finally here. Now, let's remember it had been 400 years since they'd heard from God. I don't want you to forget that day because it's so long. When we think we're waiting to hear from God, we're not waiting 400 years, right? We may wait most of our lives, but we're not waiting 400 years. God's always working. God always has a plan. We just have to trust. Even when we can't see it, we just have to trust. And it seemed like these wise men, these magi, even though they didn't believe in God, they still trusted that this prophecy was true. They trusted it so much so that when that star hit the sky and they saw that something was different, they moved. They followed that star. That star guided them on their journey. They didn't know where Jesus was. They knew where he was prophesied to be born, and you can see that through Herod. They told Herod that he was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. But he wasn't in Bethlehem anymore. He wasn't a baby. He was in Jerusalem, right? And so the star had to guide them to where they were going. They knew the general direction, but they couldn't get there without the guidance of the star. So the star showed up and said, hey, pay attention. Pay attention. This is something you need to see. And then the star continued to guide them as they were journeying. We think, not we, I didn't, I don't. I've been told this and I'm just deciding to agree because I'm not, I mean, I may be a biblical scholar, but I, anyway, I don't do the dates. I, I, don't, I haven't studied the dates, but people who study the dates think it was about three years, about three years before, between when Jesus was born and when the Magi showed up, right? Some of that was travel time, right? Some of that was the time it took for them to travel from wherever they were to Jesus. Now, that, that wasn't the whole three years, but there's this time period in between when they reach Jesus and when Jesus was born. And that star guides them the whole time, right? And in order for the star to guide them, what do you think they had to do? They had to trust that the star was what they thought it was, right? They had to continue to believe that the star was telling them what they thought it was telling them. They had to choose. It's a choice. You know, a lot of times you'll be like, I feel like God's asking me to do this. And you start doing it and you're like, this is really hard. Maybe God's not asking me to do this, right? 
And that was probably the case for them too. I promise you there were times where it was really hard for them. I promise you there were times when the journey was not clear. I promise you there were times when the journey got really rough and difficult. And in those difficult moments, they had to choose to believe, to continue to believe, that the star was guiding them where they should go. They had to trust that. They also had to constantly seek the star. I looked into, I don't know anything about navigating on boats. I've, I've been on a boat. I've never driven a boat. Um, I've thrown up on lots of boats. I mean, not that you needed to know that, but that's probably my most memorable thing about boats, right? But people who navigate boats use the sky. There are all sorts of GPS instruments that make it easier. But real, a real sailor, 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 Oh, wow. A real sailor will tell you that the way to do it is by the stars. Because the stars show up the same every time. And they can calculate exactly where they are, longitude and latitude. I tried to study it, and it was way too confusing, and there's no way I can make it easy for you to understand because I couldn't understand it. So what I will tell you is that the number one thing that they know, that the number one thing you should know about navigating by the stars is that you'll never be led astray that you will always, always be led to the right place if you follow the stars. Always. And so how do we take this learning into our life? We have the Magi, we have Epiphany Sunday, we have this rhythm of understanding that this is an important part of our Christian tradition, an important part of our faith, an important part of following God. One of the things that we can do is seek God the way that the Magi sought God, right? The Magi, not even believing in God, saw the sign, chose to see it as a sign, follow it, and after a long period of time, were blessed with what they were seeking, right? We're blessed at the end of that journey. That time in between, you and I do not get to pick. I wish we could. I wish it could be like five hours, two minutes, 30 seconds, right? But we don't get to pick that. But we do get to choose to look, to listen to God, to listen to God, to sit down and to be quiet, which I know all of you have trouble with, all of you. I've seen it. I've seen you sit here and fall asleep. I've seen you sit here and plan lunch. I've seen you sit here. I see me sit down to do things. And I'm like, oh, look at the pretty birdie. It's hard to be still. It's hard to seek God. One of the ways we seek God is through the things of this world. God made us embodied. That means we have bodies, right? We have a body. We're made to live in this world. We're made to interact with each other with, through our bodies. We're made to interact with God through our bodies. And we're made to use the things of, God uses the things of this world to speak to us. How many of you have had something in this world speak to you from God? Something in this world tell you a sign from God? I had a friend once saying, I, I asked God, and we don't want to... The Bible tells us not to test God, but it's one thing to ask for a sign and it's another thing to test him. They're two different things. Understand that. So when you're looking for God, you need to ask, God, show me, show me. And she said, show me a cow if this is what you want me to do. Show me a cow. We didn't live in the South. We lived in California. Cows were not everywhere. I, should told, I just realized that was a very bad example for a Southern audience. But in California, if you ask to see a cow, it's really hard to find. She was driving to work that day in a truck carrying a whole bunch of milk past her with cows all over it. Right? And people will tell you, when you ask for a sign and you receive one, they're just like, oh, that's just coincidence. Right? 
Sign doesn't mean anything to anybody but you. It's hard for somebody else to feel God's presence in that sign because they didn't ask for it, they weren't looking for it, and they aren't seeking. Even if they're a Christian, right? When you all tell me the ways that God showed up, I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. I didn't experience it. But when you experience it, you know. You know. So today, we are going to seek like the Magi sought through a star. And we're going to trust that as we seek God through a star, this is going to be something that truly God wants for us specifically. It's not coincidence. It's not happenstance. We're going to take this and we're going to pay attention to the word that God has for us. And this word is going to be for the next year. Let me tell you about it. These are star words. I'm considering doing it every epiphany because it's a powerful way of seeking God and being reflective in the new year. And there are 189 different star words in here. And you're going to come up in a few minutes and pick a word. So it's completely random. And we're going to trust that God had that word in mind for you. That specific word. Let me give you some examples of the words. There's endurance. There's chosen family. Freedom. Wanderlust. Who wants to get that word? I do, because that means I get to travel, right? That means I get to go all over the world in 2024. Who knows what the word is going to confidence? And there's going to be some exercises I'm going to give you to do to help you make that word real in your faith life this next year. But the real encouragement is that you seek God through this word. It's going to mean nothing if you get this word and then do nothing with it, right? It's going to mean nothing. But if you take this word and then the exercises that go with it, if you at least do these four things, it will mean something. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is to look up the definition. Look up the definition of the word. Even if you know what the word is, if you assume you know what the word is, look at the full definition. Because you may get a word like wanderlust and you think, there's no way I can travel all year. Like, I have a job. There's no way I could do that. What else does that mean, right? You may get a word like love and you know what it means for you or you assume you know what God wants you to do with that, but you don't. You need to pray about it, right? You need to pray and you need to ask God what this word means for you. So part of that is looking up the definition. Then ask yourself, what does the word remind you of? Do you recall any memories or experiences? How might God be speaking to you through this word? Then see if you can find this word or cinnamon, synonym in the Bible and, and what scripture passages you can find that have this word in it and see if those speak to you, right? And then you're going to pray. My hope is that you pray every week specifically about this word. You just say, God, guide me. What do you want me to know about wanderlust? How, how is this supposed to direct my life this year? What am I supposed to understand about my faith and my journey and my life with this word? See, I believe as we pray over these, just as we pray over communion, the Holy Spirit begins to work. As we pray over this, the Holy Spirit is going to be working as you choose your card. For those of you who are online, I fully believe, I've prayed about this, I've asked God, and God's like, yeah, go for it. Um, when Andrew or Joe picks for you, the Holy Spirit is guiding them to pick for you. So even if it's not your hand, it'll still be a sign from God specifically to you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray over these star words. And as we watch a video that has a song in it about um, the star of wonder, uh, I'm going to have you come forward, and you're going to pick a star word. And you can, 
if, I encourage if you want, say a quick prayer before you pick your star word, right? Asking the Holy Spirit to, to guide you to the right word, to the word that's meant for you. And then pick up one of these sheets that encourages you to do a few things with the star word over the next month or so. And then, um, and then we'll see what's next. We'll see what God does. Because the Magi trusted that star. They didn't believe in God as God, but they trusted God in the star, which is so interesting. Even when things got hard, they chose to continue to trust the star. And even though the journey was long, they eventually got to where God intended them to be because they followed the star. So how are you going to follow the star this year? Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for your activity in this world and in our lives. We thank you for using the things of this world to guide us and to let us know that you are here. Some of us see red sparrows and we know that that's a sign from you that we're not alone. Some of us see butterflies and know that we are not alone. May this star be for us a guiding word from you for this next year. Holy Spirit, as each person comes up here to receive their word, would you guide their hand specifically to the word that you have for them? As we choose for those who are online, would you guide their hands for the person that they are seeking for? And God, would you give us the courage and the stick to itiveness to continue and seek you, to continue to seek you through this word this year? And as we do that, would you make it known to us what it is you want us to understand about our life and our faith journey as we follow you through our star word? It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.